Well, we're beginning a new sermon series today, and uh, the title of the sermon series is What's Trending? What's Trending? And some of you may be asked, well, what does trending mean? What does it mean? Well, it means basically what's currently popular in the world today. What are some of the hot topics that people are talking about these days? What are they texting or what are they tweeting about? What's happening in our world today? And what's the latest news? What's the, what's the latest chatter on social media? So what's trending in the world? You know, we need to be aware of what's going on in our world today. But as followers of Christ, the Bible tells us that even though we live in the world, even though we live in the world, we shouldn't always act and think in a worldly manner. So as we look at some of these events or activities or trends that are happening, what does God's word say? And how do we respond or how do we react to that as we look at things from a biblical perspective? So what's trending? What's happening? If you were to read the newspaper or you turn on the television or if you get your news through your, your mobile source, what are some things that are trending today? Let's look at the first one. It's up here. Ah, Yes. Election is just a few uh, weeks away. Politics, right? You can't get away from it. Wherever you see, whatever you hear, you hear about what's going on. But the elections are just a few weeks away, not just nationally, that we'll be electing uh, the next president of the United States, but even here locally. We're electing a new mayor in Honolulu as well, and there's a number of other positions up. But those, that's one of the trending topics, and we're going to be talking about that later on. What's another trending topic? Well... I think sports. Sports is always trending, right? We're right in the middle of football season. Some of you guys, your teams are winning. Some of them are not doing so well. I think the UH won yesterday, so congratulations to them. The World Series starts uh, this week. If you're a Cubs fan or an Indians fan, you're right. And uh, if you're a Dodgers fan, my apologies to you. The NBA season's beginning, but sports, it's, it's always in the news. There's something going on. Uh, related to sports. Um, and what else is trending? Well, things are always trending in the, in the, the high-tech world, right? So here we go. Are you going to get an iPhone 7 or are you going to get that Samsung Galaxy Note 7? I hear that uh, sales are exploding. <laughs> What's another trending topic? And this one we're going to focus on a little bit more today. Have you heard about the creepy clowns? Some of you heard of that, right? If you haven't entered, there's there have been a num- numerous sightings in the United States and even in Great Britain of people dressing up in these creepy clown outfits and masks. And there have been no violent incidents. However, many children and communities have become alarmed. And this may seem like a harmless prank, but it has the police in a number of communities concerned for public safety. And they say this has this trend has been happening for the last several years. And they say that this trend usually escalates as you get closer and closer to Halloween. And as we know, Halloween is next week. Um, which, bring me to, which brings me to today's um, topic. And we can change the slide because that's kind of creeping me out. It's probably creeping you out too. Which brings me to the next topic, which is... Next week is Halloween, right? So here's a photo op for you. I'm not going to keep this on very long. But next week... <coughs> You've got to take me seriously here. Next week, many children will be putting on a costume and pretending to be someone else. And many will don masks like this. 
Maybe it's Iron Man or, or Batman or, or Wonder Woman. Well, Wonder Woman doesn't have, wear a mask. But maybe a Ninja Turtle or a Captain America. If you look closely on that screen, you can see the mask I wear. You see that mask? Look on the lower right. Any of you recognize that mask? Some of you guys wear that mask. There you go. I see you. I see those hands. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But, you know, this is a time when kids love to dress up. You put on a mask. You pretend to be someone else. And as kids, you remember, right? We love to pretend. We sort of lived in a fantasy world of pretend. I remember when I was a, a young boy, I used, to play, I used to play army with my buddies. We'd go in the, in the backyard and run and lay, roll over the ground and pretend like we're fighting against the enemies. We did the same thing with cowboys and Indians. And then I remember, too, my, my hero was Bart Starr of the Green Bay Packers. And I, wanted to, I pretended to be the greatest quarterback in the world. Or on the baseball diamond, I was like Willie Mays. And I actually saw him play. And I had a chance to almost play golf with him, but he didn't. But as we grow up, as we grow up, the desire, the desire to pretend to be someone else is supposed to eventually fade away. And as we grow up, we put away the costumes. We put away the masks. But honestly, honestly and sadly, there is still a tendency for us adults to wear masks, to wear invisible masks, and pretend to be something that we're not. It happens all the time. People pretend at work. They pretend in their friendships and their relationships. They pretend at, even at home in their marriages. And they pretend at church. And unfortunately, few adults seem to be comfortable enough with themselves not to pretend. You see, the fear of disapproval, the fear of rejection, the fear of condemnation often causes us adults to pretend. You see, we're not always on the outside what we really are on the inside. There's sometimes a a big disconnect. And we have this overwhelming sense to want to look a little better or to appear more together than we really are. And so... We wear a mask. We put on a mask. And so I have a few questions here today that perhaps we can address as we go on in our sermon this morning. But where does this, where did this overwhelming desire to to hide from others come from? And does it does it really harm anyone if we hide behind our mask? Seems pretty harmless, doesn't it? And what can we do that will help us to take off our mask? And to be content to be ourselves. Well, we're going to look at some of these things this morning. Turn with me in your Bibles to the first book in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. We're going to go right to the beginning. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And let me set up the story. It's probably a very familiar story uh, to most of you. This takes place in the Garden of Eden. And remember, God told Adam and Eve, don't. You can eat of any tree in this entire beautiful garden, anything except this one tree. Don't go close to it. Don't go too near to it. But we know the story. The serpent came and tempted Eve and said, you know what? Don't believe God. If you eat of this one tree, I tell you what's going to happen. Your eyes will be open and you will be just like God. You'll be just like God. 
So let's read, starting with verse 6, and we have it up here. Verse 6 says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? And so the first thing we see this morning is, what happened to Adam and Eve to make them put on that mask in the first place? Well, if you know the story, and probably most of you know it very well, they were tricked. They were deceived by the serpent. It was that old bait-and-switch game. They were told that if they abandoned God's way, then life would be so much better, so much more exciting, and they would be offered more things they could ever imagine, that they would no longer be restricted by a bunch of rules and regulations that God required. So they did, so they did what I believe any of us would do in that situation. Instead of taking door number one, which was God's way, they decided to go with door number two. And they ditched God's way for the promise of something better. And it always looks better, doesn't it? It always sounds better. The grass is always greener. And so we see what it says in verse 7. Verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. If you can just picture that situation there. They're just about to eat the fruit and they're believing everything that the serpent says. And they can hardly wait to experience this new life, this new perspective. If we take out this fruit, we can now be just like God. We can be just like God. So they're waiting with such great anticipation of all the good things that are going to take place. But the word says, but as they ate of that forbidden fruit, the Bible says here, Their eyes were opened. That means they comprehended. That they had an understanding. They had a new awareness of something that was previously hidden from view. They came to this realization. It was sort of like an an aha moment that sometimes we have. But it wasn't a very positive moment. It was a very negative moment. And what did they realize when their eyes were opened? What did they realize? They were what? They were naked. They were naked. Any of you ever had an experience of realizing all of a sudden that you were naked? (laughs) I've been boogie boarding a few times and hit a bad wave and trying to come up for water and my pants is way down here. Whoa! I can tell you a story. Happened right here at the Croc Center, it's true. But the other person isn't here, so I can tell the story. Actually, it happened right after church. It was probably several years ago. 
we were on the courtyard visiting with people, and we had refreshments. And I can't remember what we had, but it must have been donuts because my hands were sticky. So I said, I just need to go in the restroom right over here. And I just go in there and wash my hands real quick. So I just walked in there, opened the door, walked right into the sink, and there was a lady sitting on the toilet. And I was surprised, and she was surprised, and she went, oops! And I just turned around and walked right out. And after that, I said, I hope I don't make eye contact with her again. But she came out. We are still visiting with people. She's very sweet. She said, don't worry about it, Pastor. It's okay. But Adam and Eve realized that they were naked. Now, the word naked, yeah, it certainly means nudity without any clothes. But I think in this context as well, in this situation, it has other connotations. Because it was just Adam and Eve there. There was no one else around. Of course, they were embarrassed. There was shame. But I think there were some deeper connotations as well to realizing that you were naked. There's a sense of inadequacy. There's a sense of insufficiency. There was a sense of almost being destitute. In other words, what happened, remember, they were expecting, after they ate the fruit, to be like God. They were expecting to receive all the power and the glory and the wisdom and the grandeur of being God. And that was their expectation. And that bubble was burst. And so when door number two was opened, all they saw was like that big mirror sitting right there. And all they saw were themselves flawlessly naked. And it certainly wasn't what they had expected. It certainly wasn't what was advertised. They were conned. It was a huge disappointment for Adam and Eve. They knew they blew it. They made a mistake. So what do you do when you make a huge mistake in your life and there's no way to make it right. What do you do? Well, you have two choices. Number one, you can just admit it. Admit it that we made a mistake. Or, number two, you can pretend. You can pretend that that's what exactly, that's what exactly you wanted. And Adam and Eve decided to pretend. So they came up with a plan they says, let's make a mask, and let's wear the mask. And then we can pretend that everything is just hunky-dory. So they got the leaves, the fig leaves, and they provided this covering. But we know everything was not okay. But you think about it, what exactly are we trying to accomplish when we wear a mask? Well, we're trying to hide something, right? We're trying to hide what's inside of us. And we're trying to keep that hidden inside of us as well. You see, they realized that they had made a mistake. And the mask allowed them, so they thought, to hide their disappointment and their dissatisfaction with their life. So how many times have, how many times have we found ourselves looking in our lives and feeling frustrated and disillusioned with where we are in life. While everyone around us keeps telling us how much we should be enjoying our lives. So what do we do? We put on our mask. And we pretend that everything is great. 
that everything is wonderful in our life, yet we're still filled with dissatisfaction and disappointment. Someone once said that men would rather die than to reveal to others what they know is true about themselves. We live in fear constantly with this thought. What if people really knew what I was like? What if people really knew what I was like? We struggle in our lives. We struggle in our lives with so much stuff. Sometimes it's hard to admit. But if you're honest with yourself, you would say you struggle with those things. And I struggle with those things as well. We struggle in our lives with so much stuff like lust and greed unhealthy ambitions, jealousy, anger, addictions of all kinds, lying, problems with our self-image. The list goes on and on and on. And we all struggle with those things. But what do we do? We go to the store. We pick up a mask that we think others will like. And then we put it on. And we usually shop for a mask that will cause others to think, well, what a wonderful person we are. Because we're certain that they would never have anything to do with us if they saw us as we really are without the mask. And we live under this, we live with this pressure that we have to have it all together to create this image that, yeah, I've got it all together. And you can see where that comes from. Remember that Adam and Eve... They did have it all together. Remember, they were, they were perfect at creation. That's the way God created them. At one point in their life, they were perfect. But now that they had chosen to disobey God, they realized that they were no longer perfect. But they couldn't bring themselves to admit it. So they chose to wear the mask. Now, I'm certain that there are many that are not convinced that the mask is such a bad thing. Who does it really hurt if we choose to wear the mask? What harm is there to pretend? In many eyes, they look at mask wearing as really not a big deal. No harm, no foul. Since almost everybody else wears a mask, how can it be so wrong? Well, let me tell you about some of the harm and some of the, dam- the damage caused from wearing a mask. Number one, wearing a mask can affect us personally. Can affect me personally. You see, by wearing a mask, it prevents, it prevents me from being honest with myself. 1 John verse 1, verse 8 says, If we claim to be without sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. It was Shakespeare who wrote in Hamlet, he said, To thine own self, be true. You've got to be honest with yourself. And if we're not honest with ourselves, then I believe we're stuck. We're stuck in a rut. That's the problem with the mask. Once you choose to wear the mask, You're stuck with the image you chose. You can't ever change it without someone noticing. That means you can never advance or develop or improve beyond where you are right now. And is that really the way you want to live your life? Stuck with all your struggles, with all your imperfections? 
You see how wearing the mask affects us personally. A second way that it affects us, wearing the mask affects our relationships with others. With others. Before they ate their fruit, Adam and Eve lived together with no secrets, with no shame, with no embarrassment. Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, this is the chapter just before, it says, Adam and Eve were both naked. They were already naked. They had already been naked. Adam and Eve and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. They felt no shame. Their physical appearance had not changed. But yet we see in chapter 3, verse 7, when they partook of that fruit, their eyes were opened, and then they realized they were naked. Once they had disobeyed, they hid from each other. They hid from the honest and openness that they shared in their relationship. They hid from the honest and open communication they had with each other. And if you look in your own relationships, once you start hiding from each other, once the communication stops flowing, once you lose that sense of openness and honesty and authenticity in your relationship, the relationship begins to deteriorate. And we see it in the next few verses. Adam and Eve start playing the blame game. If you look in Genesis 3, verse 12, well, that verse prior to that, God is looking for them, and he talks to them, and he finds them, and he asks Adam, did, Adam, did you eat from that tree? Did you eat from that tree? And listen to Adam's response. It's in verse 12. And I underlined a few of the words. Listen to what Adam said. When God said, did you eat from this tree, Adam? And it says, the man said, Adam said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. You notice the emphasis? It's your fault, God. You put this woman here. It's her fault, God. She gave me the fruit. And you go to Eve. What happened, Eve? Well, the serpent. He, the devil made me do it. We need to understand that wearing a mask affects you in more ways than you even realize and affects many of your relationships. Wearing a mask keeps you from enjoying real, authentic friendship. Wearing a mask keeps you from having a real, open, honest, transparent marriage. And if you're struggling in your marriage, I'm wondering if you have any masks on. Wearing a mask keeps you from having the kind of relationship with your children that you desire. Wearing a mask prevents you from being able to benefit from your relationships here at church or, or in your small groups. Well, the third thing is wearing masks affects our own, our own selves. It affects our relationships with others. And thirdly, wearing a mask affects our relationship with God, which is the most primary relationship we can ever have. You can see the verses up here, verses 8 through 10, and underlined a few words. But I look at the word hid. 
It says, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the gardens. Adam said, verse 10, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. I hid. The word hid here means to draw back from, to conceal information, to not share openly, to sort of have a roadblock in communication. Yes, you're hiding physically, but more, it's more on an interpersonal basis. And remember, we're talking about relationships here. Because God is a relational type of God. And it says they hid among the trees. And for the very first time in their lives, they were afraid of God. And it was the fear of being discovered. You see, the mask, the mask that we wear deceives us into thinking that it's better if we hide from God. And we wear the mask to church because we're afraid of being discovered by God for who we really are. We wear the mask because we're afraid of what God is going to do once we are discovered. We're afraid that God has it in for us. But let me tell you this morning, that is so not true. We wear the mask because we don't realize how much God really loves us. And he does. You see, God didn't come condemning. But he was seeking after Adam. In verse 9, God says, where are you? It's kind of a weird question, right? Because God knows everything. He knew where Adam and Eve was. But he still asked the question, where are you? By asking the question, he's saying, I miss you, Adam. I miss the closeness. I miss the fellowship that we shared together. Why have you drifted away? Where are you? And we need to understand this very clearly, and I think many of us have the wrong impression of God. But God is not like a bounty hunter searching for a fugitive so he can bring him to justice. No. Our God is not like that. God is like a loving father who's longing and searching for his long-lost son who's drifted away. And it's his love that compels him to search for us. We see the story of the prodigal son and the lost sheep and the lost coin, and the owner goes out of their way to find that which was lost, and that's an example of the kind of God we have. He searches out for us. He initiates the love, and we need to understand that. And today we try to hide from God by putting on our mask, not realizing that the mask is preventing us from experiencing God's love for us. Jesus said this on two different occasions. Once in Luke chapter 19 and once in John chapter 317, and we'll have it up here on the, on the screen. And these are Jesus' own words. First he said, this, this is the reason I'm here. This is my mission. This is why I was sent to earth. He says, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. And then he follows that up in John chapter 3. And we all know John chapter 3, 16. But the verse right after that, John chapter 3, verse 17, Jesus is still speaking and he says, I have not come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. You see, we serve a God of love. And he wants to be in the relationship with us. 
So you see that mask that you wear, the mask that we wear, separates us from God's love and separates us from his best for us. And so what do we need to do? It's simple. We need to take off our masks. We need to remove it. And this morning, there are many of us, there are many of us who are wearing masks. And it's such a powerful temptation to keep that mask on. Perhaps you have taken that mask off in the past, but the temptation is always to put it back on. And it hides so much that is wrong about us. But it also destroys us inwardly and it destroys our relationships with others and our relationship with God. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, are you willing to lay down your mask this morning? Can we be the kind of church where people don't have to pretend? They don't have to wear a mask. And let me tell you, putting down the mask is not easy. Some of us have been wearing masks for many years. And it means becoming vulnerable. It means looking in the mirror and seeing yourself probably naked, flawed. And it's never easy to put yourself in a vulnerable position. But if there's safety and if there's security in that relationship and you know that no matter what happens, no matter what mask and how many layers you peel off, that there is a God who is still going to love you no matter what you look like deep down inside. No matter what. No matter what. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. A love that never begins and a love that never ends. That promise is for each and every one of you. It's an everlasting love. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his love that even while we were still sinners, even when we were so far away from God and living a terrible lifestyle, God demonstrated his love for us that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. That's love. That's love. Some of you are afraid to take off your mask. The word of God says perfect love, which is found in Jesus Christ. Perfect love cast out all fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be afraid of. And in 1 John it says, we love. Why? Because he first loved us. He's the initiator of the love. No matter how far we are away from God, he still pursues us because he loves us. Then one more verse, 1 John 1, 9. Sometimes we feel as if we've done so many horrible things in our life. And we want to cover that up and we feel like we can't even come close to God. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us and purify us from all unrighteousness. We have a God who loves us, who loves us so much he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. And he doesn't want us to wear masks. He doesn't want us to pretend. He wants us to be open and honest and transparent because he loves us just the way we are. So as we come to a conclusion this morning, you all have a little mask here that we gave to you. 
And as we pray this morning, and we're going to play a song through the sound system, and it's a beautiful song about just being honest. Honest with yourself and honest with God. And as we do that, I invite you to come to the place of prayer, to kneel if you'd like to, but I also invite you to, as a symbolic gesture, to take off your mask. And you can bring your mask down here and lay it here on one of these altars, or if you'd like to go to the cross and lay it there, or if you want to look into the mirror, we'll have a couple of mirrors down here as well. But I just want you to be honest. What types of masks do we have? Maybe it's a mask of anger, a mask of revenge, a mask of insecurity, a mass of addictions, whatever it may be, whatever it is that's separating you from God, just come and lay it at his feet and listen to the song. And we'll play the song through a couple of times and I'll just read the words. It says, truth is harder than a lie. The dark seems safer than the light and everyone has a heart that loves to hide. I'm a mess and so are you. We've built walls nobody can get through. It may be hard, but, but, the, but the best thing we could ever do. So bring your brokenness, and I'll bring mine. Because love can heal what hurt divides, and mercy is waiting on the other side, if we're honest, if we're honest. So don't pretend to be something that you're not. Living life afraid of getting caught, There's freedom found when we lay our secrets down at the cross, at the cross. So bring your brokenness, and I'll bring mine. Because love can heal what hurt divides, and mercy's waiting on the the other side, if we're honest. If we're honest. Bow your heads in prayer. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, and let this song minister to your heart. And if you'd like to come down and place your mask on the altar here. Let God speak to your heart this morning. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we symbolically bring our mask and take it off our face and uncover ourselves. And we just present ourselves to you, Lord, just the way we are. With all our blemishes, with all our faults, with all of our warts, And you still love us, Lord. You still love us. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you. Help us, Lord, to continue to do that. To continue to just come to you. Because your grace is so amazing. We don't deserve any of it. We cannot earn it. And help us, Lord, just to understand that. That you love us with an everlasting love. And that we can just come clean before you. Not having to do so many things before we come to you, but we just come as we are. And you will gladly accept us. And if we have sin in our heart or things that are not right, we can come to you and we can confess. And you said that you would forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can become new creatures in Christ. We are wrapped in the righteousness of your son Jesus Christ who gave his life for us on the cross and so that when you look down on us Lord you don't see us as our blemished selves but you see your own son Jesus Christ 
and his righteousness, which is ours. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Father, continue to work in our hearts and in our lives. Continue to remind us again of who you are and your great, amazing love and amazing grace. Thank you for, I thank you for each person here. I, and I, I lift up our concerns and our needs to you. I know, Lord, that there are many that are represented this morning. Just a myriad of concerns and burdens that we bear. But, Lord, we can just bring them all to you and place them at the foot of the cross. And, Father, I pray that you would give us, give us what we need. We need your peace and your presence in our lives. We need your cleansing. We need your healing. We need your restoration. We need your wisdom. We need your guidance. We need courage each and every day, Father, to do your will. And so, Father, we pray. We pray that you would hear our prayers. Thank you again, Lord, just for this wonderful time of worship, of teaching. Continue to speak to our hearts, Lord. We love you and we praise you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have the worship team come forth and sing a song. And and even as they sing, you continue to pray and you continue to meditate and think on things of the Lord.